right, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You are so welcome. This is this is so exciting because I only saw you like two days ago or whatever. So it's That's it's right. it's not really uh, that exciting. Um, but it was the it, first time we we haven't seen each other obviously since the pandemic started. But also just in general, I think what is the total number of times? We've been in the same place at the same time in our lives in the, in the, in the 71 years we've been doing this. In the 71 years we've been doing this, but of course, we've only done this podcast live once. Well, twice, I guess, at Wrigley Field. Right. Um, and But actually being in the same place at the same time, maybe it's like south of 10, right? I mean, it's, it's I would say it's eight times, eight. maybe nine times right. we've been in this. We've actually been together. Usually yes. when you came to L.A. to do something somewhere. Right. Uh, We've done that. Right. We have uh, met in a couple of places. We have met uh, at for spring training that one time and we met at Wrigley. And um, yeah, that might be just about it. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. It's it is. A, it's a a seriously. What is it? A 10 year long pause podcast run that we've been on. How long yeah. is it? Do you remember? Uh, it is 10 years. It is 10 years. It started in, in 2011. Uh, that's so, the official starting point. Fewer, fewer than one time per year. We've actually, <laughs> we've actually been in the same place, which is perfect, which is, which is perfect. Uh, perfect. I mean, it totally fits what this podcast is all about, which is nothing. So that that's, that's right. It's, it's a great setup, but we did see each other this week, which was great to see you. Um, because we were both at the Field of Dreams game in Myersville, yes. Iowa. Oh, my gosh. So this will be a podcast about the Field of Dreams. Hey, is this heaven? No. It's Iowa. We'll get some other stuff in. We'll get to your questions in a little bit. we got to talk about that nutty no-hitter last night. So we're, we're recording this on Sunday. Uh, did you have you seen like how how up to date are you on the Tyler Gilbert no hitter that he threw against the Padres yesterday? I know that it happened. I know it was his first start, though, not his first game because he's right. been a reliever. Right. And I know that it was against the Padres, which there's a whole separate podcast to do about what the hell is going on with. Oh, my gosh. What is going on with those guys? <laughs> but, what is going on with those guys? And, and I saw your tweet that it was a I think you referred to it as a roller coaster. But I, I don't know. I, I haven't actually investigated it at all. So tell me what happened. <laughs> tell me the deal. Yes. With the no hitter. Essentially, I mean, I and I, you know, I watched all 27 outs uh, today. Uh, I saw, you know, some of the highlights last night, and then I, I watched all 27 outs today twice. Uh, and from what I can tell, the Padres should have had nine hits. I, I, I think it was really? like, yo, they, they, they absolutely crushed the ball. Just absolutely like line drives up the middle that that he snared and and a vicious line down drive down the line and a long fly ball that just about got out of the park and and all sorts of like really hard hit grounders up the middle that would have been hits you know any year before like 2015 um i mean it was crazy i mean they they really really hit him hard uh i mean not it was a good pitching performance no matter what it's not like they would have punched up a bunch of runs but um but that was one of the nuttier no hitters i've seen as based on based on the number of of hard hit balls in the game and it wasn't like i mean there were some really dazzling defensive plays i mean there was a diving 
uh, catch by the third baseman. There was the one that he snagged up the middle on a, a line drive up the middle. Um, there was the long fly ball. It, it wasn't, it wasn't going to go out, but, but it did take, uh, take him back to the wall. Um, but it was, he got hit pretty hard, but it was, they were, it was, it was talk about like the most charmed uh, performance. And, you know, he, he walked three guys. Like that was, that was what prevented him from having the perfect game. All three were Tommy fam. <laughs> which which is delightful, which so, is delightful. Yeah. So in the, in the annals of weird, no hitters, which is a great category. Yes. You have, you have your Joe Cowley. Right. No hitters. You have the ones where the, where he walked seven guys or whatever. Right. right. You have your, like, you have your Nolan Ryan and is way too old to be throwing a no hitter, no hitters. Right. You have things like that. Right. And then you have ones like this, I guess, which are just the random vicissitudes of baseball where there are six to 10 balls off the bat that have a, probably a base hit expectancy of like 0.98 <laughs> or whatever that just end up in someone's glove. And like the, that's part of, uh, this is like, this is where everybody who loves baseball becomes Tim Kirkjian. Yes. And you say, this is a thing that you, you're going to see something you've never seen before. This is like, no one has ever seen this before. You've never seen a, a, a team, a talented hitting team like the Padres get no hit when they just rake the ball off a, off a random dude. And just every single one of those balls ends up in a glove. It's like, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, that guy now, and the great thing is, of course, that guy forever says, I threw a no hitter in the major leagues. Like, oh, yeah. you know, oh, it's yeah. just wonderful. It's great. I love it. It's, it's such a wonderful, it's, I mean, everything about it is wonderful. I mean, this is a guy that's, you know, been in the minors forever and was never a prospect. And, and uh, I mean, he's 27 years old, you know, finally getting a shot up in the big leagues. Um, and, and his dad was in the crowd and he was acting. I exactly, saw that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. As we would act if our kid threw a no hitter. I mean, it was just, just utterly just enjoying wow and and thriving in every single second of it i mean it was joyous and wonderful i i it was one of my favorite moments of the baseball season uh but it was it was like you know remember the uh you've read uh the uh what is it called the universal baseball lead the the the, the book about the the guy the Cougar who, book the yeah the yeah universal yeah. baseball association right yeah. and and you know what what i think that book does such a great job of is sort of talking about you know, this guy, this guy had created this, this baseball game that was, that was, you know, in his mind, of course, so unbelievably true to life, but that's sort of the deal. Like, like baseball is, is, is played by incredibly skilled players, but there is this weird thing of timing and luck and, 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 and just the fates, you know, being with you that you can have a day where, I mean, you play that game, 10 times and and maybe in seven of them, he doesn't get out of the third inning. I mean, it just, it just happened right. to be the day where everything worked out perfectly for him. He, he led off the game, I believe by walking fam the first of three times and then immediately got a double uh, play. And then later the second time he walked fam, he gave up that a vicious line drive down, down the, the first base line that turned into a double play. I mean, it was just, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Wow. Yeah. That, so. that, if if no one if you're listening to this and you haven't read that book by the way it's a great book if you love baseball it's about this guy who he invents this kind of like stratomatic type game and uh invents whole teams and 
I don't want to give anything away, but he has this player, this pitcher in who is like his best player. And he loves this guy as if he's real. And he just deeply emotionally invests in this one player. And again, I don't want to give it away, but it's a really great book. And, uh, it's really uh, I, rec- I hardly recommend it. It's, it's really it's, good. A, it's an under when we when we talk about great baseball books that that one is often forgotten and it shouldn't be. It's really well, wonderful. I think it, I really in fact somebody in the in the questions it will not be one we'll will ask because we'll probably save it for another time. But one of the people asking the questions what are the what are the five best um, baseball novels baseball you know fictional baseball, baseball. books Ooh. and uh, and which you know I think we need more time to think about. But I think that might be my favorite. Yeah, Ever. me too. Universal, is. Universal Baseball Association Inc. J. Henry Waugh prop. That is that is the, <laughs> the official title. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. J. Henry Waugh proprietor is the is the uh, official title by Robert Coover. It's uh, it's astonishing. Um, but we're actually going to be spending our time talking about a different baseball fictional uh, story because you and I ended up in Dyersville. Like, mm-hmm. like, here's the thing we've met, we've been together, like we've said like eight times or something or 10 times or something like, like that. that. And one of them was in Dyersville, Iowa. That doesn't seem right to me. Like, like that's where we ended up meeting was Dyersville, Iowa. Ty Cobb wanted to play. None of us could stand a son of a bitch when we were alive. So we told him to stick it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, unlikely that it would have ever been Iowa and it's even less <laughs> likely that absent any absent the the movie field of dreams that we, it would have been Dyersville Iowa but right. that that is where we were it uh we drove into the stadium we should tell the story of getting into the stadium because we were texting yes. and i it, you know Dyersville Iowa if you've never been there and you haven't uh <laughs> is not equipped to have an influx of 8,000 plus people in one day. And so we left, uh, the group that I was with left very early. The game started at six and we left at like 3.30 and we were probably 45 minutes from the uh, stadium. And we were just, we immediately, as soon as we pulled off the highway, we got into very bad traffic, like inching along traffic. Cause it's a basically a one lane road leading for several miles into the stadium. And I was, I texted you and said like, Hey, have you left yet? Cause the traffic is really bad. And you were like, we're, we're half an hour away from whatever, from getting off the highway. And I was like, uh Oh, like, uh, I, I, I'm worried that you're not going to make it in time, honestly, because we, this seems really, really slow. And, uh, and then we inched along for like another 90 minutes or so. <laughs> and you beat us by 45 minutes. So explain, explain how you defied the laws of traffic. It was, of- it was truly, it was truly, I mean, of course, look, not only is Dyersville not equipped for such a big crowd, it's pretty famously not equipped. I mean, that is how the movie uh, ends. Field of Dreams ends with this unbelievably long line of cars, you know, coming to the field, uh, which is, which is really hilarious because I had never thought of what that really meant like in in the movie you know the the camera pans back and and you see like the cars you know going basically across iowa trying to get to the field and and how you know heartwarming and touching that is but every person in that car is swearing up a storm there's no question about i mean they're like we are never getting there there nobody's nobody's happy nobody is is happy yeah Uh, what they're thinking in that line i realized is 
I don't care what kind of emotional <laughs> catharsis I'm about to have. It's not worth the traffic. Like, <laughs> it's just, uh, it can't be worth it. It can't be uh, worth so, it. Cause so we, so we're crawling along. You beat right. us there because essentially because you got lost. That's right. Well, what and- happened was we plugged in, of course, we were working on GPS like everybody else and we plugged in uh, field of dreams and we were going, and then we took an early exit and, and only then we realized that we were not actually plugged in to go to the field of dreams field, but instead the field of dreams office, which is in downtown Dyersville. Okay. Um, I don't even know what that is. I don't know why the office wouldn't be at the field of dreams, but, but they, apparently they have an office. So we're like, Oh, well, we, we, we need to plug in the right thing. So we, we switched out and, and, and went to the field of dreams and it said, okay, you're now seven miles away. And we're like, Oh, great. And they took us down this, this road that didn't look any different than every other farm road, but there was not a single car in it, not a single car. And we're just driving. And suddenly it's like really, really curvy and swerving around farms and, and cornfields. And, and uh, you know, that's, it's nothing. It's, I mean, there's, it's, it's like, we have to go like 20 miles an hour because of the curves. And then we were there and we were just there and we yeah. saw the line of cars all coming from the other direction. We had just taken some sort of weird back way to get there. And, yeah. and we were in the car. Cause of course, everybody in the car had seen your, your text and they're like, Oh, it's going to take forever to get there. But we were there like, Hey, that's it. That's the stadium right there. And we just pulled up to it. And the, you know, the cop was there. And, and we thought he was going to say like, ah, you can't come in this way. You got to go around and, and be behind all those cars. But he was like, yeah, you got a ticket going in. And we just went in, parked, walked up. I'm texting you as we're going. And I'm like, Hey, where are you? And you're like, what do you mean? Where am I? We're still in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it was, there were several moments where we, we were looking at our GPS and we're like, we could get off here and try to sneak around. But like, normally we're used to the sort of, the uh let's call it more like urban sort of system of stadium entry like dodger stadium where if you try that inevitably you cup you you weave around and you come up to a place and the road is just blocked off exactly right exactly right and you have to turn around and go back and you have just all you've done is delayed your entry by 15 more minutes so we kept looking at these back roads and thinking hmm we could try to sneak in that way and then we were like no we're definitely just gonna hit a a, like a, a something that's blocked off and we'll have to turn around so we didn't and you didn't work and it's infuriating <laughs> it was really really awesome it was so awesome so <clears throat> we are about to talk about our experience in the field of dreams game which was amazing but before we do that we have a special guest look at this it's like a surprise it's like a this is your life surprise i don't know who this is you've told me that there's a surprise guest and I i've don't told know you there's a surprise is. guest and i have not told you who it is our surprise guest is checking in on Kansas City with Jason Kander. Jason Kander. Jason, welcome. Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, you're muted, Jason. You're not. You're not. We can't hear you. We can see you, but we cannot hear you, Jason. How about how about there? Oh, there we go. <laughs> look at that. I don't know why y'all every time I show up. That's when the video, see, Joe just put on his video. Mike's like, I'm not going to do it. All right, I'll do it. I don't care. Oh, uh, <laughs> look at that. So what I'm wondering is when I come on, does the video stay on after I leave? Oh, no, no. Well, we don't believe it. That's hilarious. Like, really? We don't need like, to see each other. No, I actually, I think last time we did leave it on. I think that's we did. What I, I think I'm changing things around here. 
right, you so, are an agent of change, Jason. How are you? I am. I am. Well, honestly, like I'm not that great, but uh, I'm really thankful for uh, this b- little bit of meaningless in the middle of my day, this meaninglessness. So thank you, Joe, for the invitation. Uh, and uh, I just I could use some meaninglessness right now. Now, well, you've come to the right place, my friend. <laughs> absolutely. Now, let me ask. Uh, we had some microphone issues last time. So right now I'm not using this fancy microphone. Oh, here we go again. But I can because my wife taught me. Hang on just a second. My wife taught me how. Uh, can you hear me right now? Yeah, we hear you. You sound the same. Okay, exactly the same. On. All right, hold on, hold on. There here we go. go. And now it's probably louder, but I can turn it down. Oh, no, look at How's this. It's How's better. Are we it good sounds right better. here? Tell me uh, about it. I think, yeah, it's better. It's definitely better than it was the first time so uh okay. introduce yourself again give us your name and and uh address Frank. and your Same social number. security number yep <laughs> now batting for the kansas city royals the center fielder jason kander that's my standard sound check look at that that's good that you sound good. good i'm not overpowering you like i was last time no you sound well great. you are but not with your voice all right it's uh Jason, we are about to talk about the Field of Dreams game, which Michael and I both were at. We just happened to oh, be Oh, you were there. both there. We just were happened both to there. be. It had nothing yeah. to do with your star-studded statuses. No, of course not. You, you clearly, you just uh, played that lottery that they had and then bought two tickets. That's well, from my from my home in Iowa. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly right. Men um, of the people you are. So we want, it, we want to know first, before we get into our stories about the Field of Dreams game, we want to know first, you watched the game, of course. Uh, I, I watched clips afterwards because I was in a cabin in the woods at the time, but I watched all the clips. Okay. I don't want to go into the cabin in the woods thing, but <laughs> it was a vacation. Um, but uh, what'd you think? What did you, what did you think of the whole thing? I thought it was lovely. Um, I agree with, you know, several, there were several takes that said, you know, why is it that baseball um, does this so rarely like i read what you wrote joe your point about you know it's a regular season game on primetime network television a great point but also (laughs) people pointed out that you know we have all this inventory every team has 81 home games why are we not playing some of our home games like at our minor minor league affiliates stadiums or at other like you know that that would make such a difference in, in growing the game or we could just focus on how do we get the pitcher to pitch the ball quicker in between pitches. <laughs> like uh, you know well let, i think people see baseball i think you're gonna see that happen now i think that 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 was such a successful experiment uh, and obviously there aren't that many things that have such a broad appeal as field of dreams the movie um so it's not like there's there's not a there's not 25 other great but, but Bro- broadly appealing places to play. That doesn't, that doesn't mean there aren't special places to play that can be eventized right. is the word that you hear in TV all the time. So eventized. I, I think you're going to, you're going to, uh, you're going to see that happen more. Uh, there, I just, I don't know how, I don't know if any of them will be a bigger deal than this one. That's my, my question is like, is it, is there going to be, are there other things they can do that will be as big a deal? I don't know, but, well, but you're definitely going to see it happen because it was a big success. Yeah, I look, I think there are a lot of things you can do. I don't know how you compare it because this was the first one. Like, no, they'll do the Field of Dreams game next year for sure. And it'll be great, but it won't be like this one, right? This was the first one. So so it's different. But I I kind of think that there are a bunch of different things that they could do that would, uh, you know, that would be, if not as big a deal, pretty close to as big a deal. I mean, I've, 
talked about how I think they should play. Um, you know, there are three Negro League stadiums that, that still exist. They should definitely play a game at one of those in Negro League uniforms and, 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 and celebrate the Negro Leagues. But, you know, if you want to talk about just art and movies and whatever, I mean, why wouldn't you play a game in Durham, North Carolina? And, right. You know, and sure. Durham night, right? I mean, why wouldn't you do that, right? You could I have mean, Costner again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then why wouldn't you play, uh, you know, one with uh, where, uh, you know, the one where he threw the perfect game or whatever, the, you know, just, uh, for the love of the game, just play one at like old Tiger Stadium or whatever. Just travel Costner around the country to every one <laughs> of the right. sites where he did movies. Um, no, but I look, I think there are lots of different things that they can do including some that you wouldn't even have to do like special uh, places. I mean, I know one of the fears I was talking to a television executive after the game and, and he was saying, you know, one of the fears is that it was really, really cool when the NHL played their first outdoor hockey, you know, thing like that was really cool. And then they didn't want to Fenway park and they didn't want to Wrigley field and they, you know, and after a while it was like, all right, fine. You've, you've kind of run out of places and, and that's a concern, but I don't know that it is because I think, why wouldn't you make one special Fenway Park night, you know, make it a Thursday night game that would be a national television, one special Wrigley Field night, one night honoring Hank Aaron and Willie Mays. I mean, I, I just feel like it feels like to me like baseball has never come close to taking advantage of the fact that the one thing they've got is a lot of inventory and you can make these, some of these games special. Well, yeah, there there should also be like they should play a game in Williamsport. They should figure right, out a way right. to turn turn the Little League World Series field into a Major League field or whatever. Absolutely. Like they, they they there's just they they they've been remarkably bad, I would say, in in taking their product and turning it into something that is special that people who are not who are not us who don't watch 162 games a year <laughs> right. or more will say like oh that sounds fun i'll i'll watch that for a couple of hours tonight or whatever like they should have they should absolutely have uh, a list of 20 different special events that they can that they can do over the course of a year absolutely. and they should do them every year and and by the way they've they you know they they started doing that a little bit recently with like they played in london right. and in a in a ridiculous stadium where the final score was 19 to 17 or whatever that was. Um, and they'll, they'll play, but like they should be going to the Dominican Republic and Absolutely. playing a game. They should Absolutely. be going, they should Mexico. be going to Mexico. They Puerto should be Rico. going to, yep. They should be going to the places where like bring, you know, look, the Cubs stink now and, um, and no one wants to watch them. But if, if, if like last year, if they had brought Javi Baez yes. to Puerto Rico yes. and played a game, he would have, it would have been the, in, in a, an enormous deal if they had done that, it would have been, you know, so they have these opportunities with these guys who are, who are star players who are from places that aren't in America and they should be taking all of those star players home to play games in their home stadium and they should do hour long documentaries about, I mean, if you actually went to the Dominican Republic, if you went to San Pedro de Macorís in the Dominican Republic and you Amazing. brought, and you brought back not only current players, but former players who were yes. from the Dominican. And if you brought a Pedro back and, and did an hour long documentary of him walking around and you saw how people in the Dominican respond to Pedro Martinez, <laughs> like, you would it would be very moving and fantastic oh, yeah. and like and they've just been really bad at at doing that like they have pedro and david ortiz in a 
uh, in a, a booth if for, yeah. for the TBS pregame show, like do that show from the Dominican for a week and like, and have it, have it be, uh, you know, have it be Dominican week. And it would, it would be huge. It would be a massive way to grow the game. I'm telling you, I, one of the, my favorite experiences ever as a sports writer was going to the Dominican with Tony Pena, who uh, is, a you know, he's a God there in, in the Dominican. I mean, he was one of the first and, and he, he lives there and, and is, you know, somebody who, who is, provides for so many people there. I mean, he is, it's going around with him really is like going around with the president and you, and, and seeing the way that people responded to him. I, we went back to where he started. And one of my favorite stories of that game is we went back to the house where he grew up, the home where he grew up, which dirt floors and, and, you know, five to a room and, and everything else. And we went in there and it was, it was somebody else's living there now, but, but uh, it was exactly as it was uh, when Tony Pena was there, except on the wall, there's a picture of Pedro Martinez. There's like a picture of Pedro <laughs> Martinez. And, and I said, I, he said, it's exactly like it was when I was young. And I said, yeah, but then now there's a picture of Pedro Martinez. And he said, yeah, that used to be a picture of Jesus. Like that is <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. That's here. what we're so, talking about. It's yeah. a great well, idea. To me, it's not just about taking the game to places outside the country. It's also about taking the game to places inside the country where they don't get to see the game regularly. Yes. To me, like one of the things that was so special about the Field of Dreams games, Dream, Field of Dreams game, it wasn't just that it was played in the corn and all that. I mean, to be honest, for me, like it was cool that they had so many fans there. But like if they had just played it on the original field yeah. with like 100 fans watching, like what I remember from like travel baseball when I was in high school, like that'd be that'd be even maybe cooler but my my point really is that what was also special was it was the first mlb game in iowa yeah so like right. why not do that every in state. montana right and in idaho well, alabama alabama has a negro leagues baseball stadium there's never been a major right. league. well now we you know the negro leagues are considered major leagues so but there's never been an mlb yeah. game in alabama there's a and that's think of what alabama i mean you, you talk about montana north dakota some of these other places Think about what Alabama has contributed to Major League Baseball. That's Willie yeah. Mays, that's Hank Aaron, that's Satchel Paige. I mean, my gosh. And uh, there's never been a Major League game. I mean, that what an unbelievable documentary you do on that, right? And it's worth it for teams. It doesn't take that much to create no. a fan base somewhere. Like, I think about myself growing up in Kansas City where we don't have an NBA team. And, you know, had we... And so I didn't grow up really all that into the NBA at all. But now, like... My son and I are huge Thunder fans because we have this very loose connection uh, to the team. And now they just drafted a local a local kid here. And so like it, it only uh, strengthens that relationship. And, you know, I guess it's the closest the Oklahoma City is sure. the closest, but it's it's you know, it's a toss up between that and Memphis. And but my point is, like, I remember growing up and you know, when I would get home from school, like we had the Royals and the Royals were great. But when I would get home from school, I could turn on WGN and watch the Cubs. Right. And I could also turn on uh, TBS and watch the Braves. Sure. And so whenever I meet, like when I travel the country, when I meet somebody who is not from Atlanta or Chicago, and they're either a huge Cubs or Braves fan, I know it's because of WGN or TBS. So it doesn't take much. Like if you're, if you're the Royals, like, you know, go to Montana and yeah. play a game. Yeah. And you may end up with a bunch of fans in Montana. Totally. My my well, a very good friend of mine named Mike Stone grew up in New Orleans and is a huge baseball fan. 
and he's a Braves fan because that's what he could watch. He could watch mm-hmm. the Braves and he's from the South. And so that's what was available. And like, there's never been an, an MLB game played in, in Louisiana either. <laughs> How could right? you not have a game in new Orleans? My right. God. Play yeah. a game in new Orleans. Like there, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of sports fans in new Orleans, like yeah. play a game and don't play it in the freaking dome. No, play no. it, find it, find a stadium. What does it cost? to convert a stadium into a, into a, there's gotta be minor league stadiums. So you go there, you play it, you move the fences back 10 to 20 feet or whatever. Well, and you New play Orleans, a game with 8,000 people. It's like, right. a, New Orleans on. has a triple A team. They have a stadium. I mean, they, right. they play there. I mean, it's, uh, but you ask what it costs. I mean, MLB built a stadium out of the corn, right? I mean, right. That's, I mean it, whatever it costs, they can afford it. You know, they yeah. should, the goal should be that in, in the next 10 years, they play a game in every state in the every union. state. Yeah. I agree. If you're the Rays, you're lucky to play for 8,000 people. That's right. <laughs> so, so just go find 8,000 people in another yeah, state. What are, What's the what difference, are the, man? What are the Marlins losing in gate receipts if they, if they <laughs> exactly. play a game in New Orleans? <laughs> exactly. It'd be great. And, and, and they should have a weekly primetime major league baseball game on a network. I mean, that should just happen. I, I, I can't believe that MLB has not insisted on that in their mm-hmm. television deals. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's so important. I mean, to me, what was really exciting about this was not only were the ratings really, really good. Um, you know, the most watched regular season game in whatever, 15, 16 years, but kids watched because mm-hmm. it was, it was, the time was perfect. Uh, women, it was the most watched game by women. That's Kevin Costner game. right there. Thank you, Kevin Costner. <laughs> yes, it's, yes, it's 1998. I mean, that, <laughs> that, that's what we're talking about here. So uh, I think it's huge. All right, Jason, you have to give us your Kansas City update. That's why you're here. Sure. Uh, what, what do you have for us? Oh, I got a few things. Got a few things for you. Um, sadly, probably the right, definitely the right business decision for the Royals, but terrible for uh, fans and for particularly young fans. Danny Duffy was traded. Yeah. Um, Danny Duffy. I mean, you talk about you know people throw the term fan favorite around a lot, um, but Duff really, really like wrote the book on how to become a part of the community in a way that may. I mean, like when you're Dono Ventura was killed like Duffy went down to the stadium and met the fans at the vigil and was just like hugging people all day and then you know and and he he coined the phrase bury me a royal like he you know all this stuff so my son loves Danny Duffy and uh and you know he had a no trade clause and I and so I I I prepared true for this I said look he you know I explained how the contract works and he's coming up on the end of his contract and I explained free agency true is almost eight so this was not the easiest conversation and then I said but you know look he's from California so he might be willing to get traded to California and uh, and true was like okay so true was fully prepared when I got up in the morning and said hey but buddy Danny Duffy got traded to the Dodgers he was prepared but he still cried and, uh, and, you know, that's that, like just as a transition from, you know, kids got to watch the game for the Field of Dreams game. Like, you know, kids, this is still a special game that way, like particularly the fact that they play every day and you can you can, you know, with the exception of pitchers, you can see your 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 favorite player every day. So anyway, Duffy got traded. I, we all are now I, I can't say we're rooting for the Dodgers, but we're rooting for Duffy uh, but, to, but- to get a ring anyway. Well, you should know, Jason, that while you were having that very hard conversation with your son, Mike was having the opposite conversation with his son, where his son was like, oh, do we need another pitcher? Okay, well, <laughs> you're totally right. <laughs> I guess we'll take Danny Duffy. It's fine. Oh, 
Yeah, no, no, no. He's he's several times been the Royals' opening day starter. Um, the Dodgers will very possibly use him for long middle relief. Long you know, middle relief. Yeah. Exactly. It's emer- an emergency guy out of the bullpen if they need him. Exactly. Yeah. And that's don't. after losing Dustin May for the year and Trevor Bauer <laughs> to his uh, difficulties and everything else. Like, oh, all right. Well, yeah. Throw throw Duffy in there. Who cares? Yeah. Why now? We got him. It is an here. embarrassment and, of riches. Although they're not going to win that division. This is this is the weirdest <laughs> thing. Let's take a brief pause from discussing the um, the uh, Field of Dreams game and Kansas City to discuss the NL West because I, I so I have a friend who's a Giants fan and they got off to a hot start and he was sort of like crowing about their hot start and I was yeah. like, give it up, man. You know, <laughs> you know what how this is going to go. Like, come on, look at that roster. Look at the Dodgers roster. And now here we are in mid-August, and the Giants won't lose a game. No, they, they won't just won't lose. lose a game. No, they're up four. And, and the Dodgers have a much better run differential, yep. and yet somehow are what five five back or something of the Giants. Four back, yep. Yeah, and the Padres, who are so good, and granted, you know they've lost Tatis for a total of something like twenty, thirty games right. sure. and stuff. So whatever. But the Padres like can't they can't get arrested. No, in that division. I don't understand. Ten back. Ten the, back. I mean, yeah, they're, they're still might be the wild card. card. Yeah, yeah, still might be the wild card. Thank but God, because I want to see him in the playoffs. I do too. But what how what sense does it make that the Giants are this far ahead of, of the Dodgers and Padres? What <sighs> in what universe is this a rational outcome for the no, middle I, of August? I, having lived through the 2014 World Series, like I can tell you that they just that's what they do. They just defy gravity. Like yeah. it's it's frustrating. Um I don't know. Yeah, I, they I, just. I, they, I, I'd like to say like, well, you know, the fan base deserves it, but they don't. No, they don't. Well, no, nobody, nobody deserves this. Well, no. <laughs> nobody well, deserves this much happiness. Well, Farhan Zaidi is there is the president there, and uh, he got there a couple of years ago. He's brilliant. He he was he was one of the super smart guys behind the A's, and and uh, and he's probably the you know he's I think he's got like twelve masters and. PhDs and he's just a genius and a wonderful guy. And uh, I just recently reached out to him actually to, to say something. I don't, I don't think he expected this, you know I mean? No. I just don't think. And the thing that's crazy about that Giants team, and it's, it's somewhat true of that Brewers team also, but the Brewers team is in a bad division. So that makes a little more sense. That Giants team, they don't have an MVP candidate on that team. I mean, the closest uh, thing they've got is, but Posey's right? played 77 games. He he literally rests one every three days because of, you know, to keep him fresh. And he's been great when he's played. But, I mean, he's not going to play 100 games this year. And then he's going to be the MVP. I mean, it's, it's they you know, that team is just a bunch of really, really, I guess, just good just players. Overachievers. Just man. Overachievers. They, yeah, yeah, they, like, you, you look at their roster and, like, everyone in their roster has, like, an 830 OPS. And... <laughs> And, and, it's like, and their whole rotation is like Kevin Gaussman. It's like every it's they're all Kevin Gaussman. Yeah. It's like they everybody's have- Kevin Gaussman. Everybody's Wilmer Flores. Like <laughs> it is, it is so weird. And like, I guess it's, I mean, you have to be, you have to admire it. You have to oh, just yeah. say like, man, they put together an incredibly quality team top to bottom with a bunch of dudes who can all play. Yep. They do make me think a little bit of like the Milwaukee Bucks in in not this past championship year but in the years before that where you can totally imagine them getting to the playoffs and then just losing because right. they right. run into the dodge like they run into like scherzer and 
and uh, and Bueller in the playoffs or whatever, and and just can't and like other teams have better players. Like ordinarily, you know, in the NBA, it's like look at the look at the three best players, and if Team A's three best players are better than Team B's three best players, Team A's gonna win. Right. Baseball isn't quite like that, but in the playoffs, if you look at starting pitching, you can you can kind of be like, well, the advantage. It doesn't matter what their regular season records were in a seven game series is you take the Dodgers over the Giants anyway, even though the Giants have proven that they're better all year. So I can totally imagine them flaming out, but it, it is just, I cannot believe the staying power of that team. It's just remarkable. It really has been amazing. All right, back to you, oh, Jason. Sorry. And, uh, wait, and, no, no, and no. NL West talk. No, it's no problem. Look, uh, I, I have a couple of thoughts. They're philosophical thoughts that classify as Kansas City check-in. Uh, so, okay, the first is I've been thinking a lot uh, ever since the trade deadline about how to enjoy your team during a rebuild, okay. uh, you know, and, and I think, uh, you know, I, I think we concentrate too much on like, what's going to happen, like, like focusing on the rookies coming up and focusing on like only the young players. And I think like during a rebuild, you've got to think about it much more, uh, you know, and I've said this before, but you got to think about it much more like it's your kid's team. And like, you know, each kid, like you got to get to know the players. And then when they do something good, you're just happy for them. And then like, you don't really care who won or lost, which is very different than being like the parent who's screaming at the coach all the time um, because your kid doesn't get enough playing time. And you think that that kid should have been pulled from pitching before the fifth inning or whatever. But like, so I mean, my point is for those listening whose team is going through a rebuild, stop doing the thing where you torture yourself by only evaluating your team based on whether or not they're setting up to be better in three years and start just enjoying the interesting stories of the kids on the team now and like get to know them so that like when they hit their first triple in a game that you lose by 10, you like have something <laughs> to be excited about. You know what I mean? Like, so that's my first Kansas City specific thing and then the second is uh, this uh, past week uh you know alex gordon our our left like spent his whole career with the royals our platinum glove left fielder retired last year and they had him come out to throw the first pitch or the ceremonial first pitch and it was a really great moment they actually had him go out to left field his usual position and they had him throw home right from oh, left nice. field and he it was a very beautiful moment i mean he threw a dart a one hop uh, to Salvi, just like he always used to. And it like would have nailed anybody, right? And this guy's been out of baseball for a year. And it made me start thinking about how messed up it is that when these guys get to a certain age and they probably still want to play baseball, that we also have to stop watching them play baseball. And it, it got me thinking about the fact that golf is really the only sport that has a senior circuit of any kind. Right. Like why, you know, and then I also started thinking about this new, this Lakers lineup and everybody's making fun of it. Like, what if instead of trying to hang on forever, what if these guys had the option of like in baseball of playing in a league that we could watch? Maybe it was only on the Internet or whatever, but like they played like 30, you know, I play in this league that's we're all old and we play 35 games a year. Why can't Alex Gordon play on it? Why can't he graduate to a team where he plays 35 games a year, still gets to be around his family and we get to still watch these guys play? Like, why is why is that not a thing? Because nobody wants to watch. <laughs> 58 year old Alex Gordon ground out to second. And, four and times. maybe you don't think it would maybe be interesting. Alex Gordon, 
Maybe Alex Gordon, having made $77 million as a player, <laughs> doesn't want to pay, get paid four bucks a game to come out to entertain people. But some of these guys just want to play baseball, right? That's my point. Like, why is it all or nothing? Why is it either you continue to play in the major league? Like, you wouldn't a year from now watch uh, a game where Alex Gordon is like pitching to Albert Pujols. Like, you wouldn't watch that. You think Albert Pujols is going to want to play baseball after this? I mean, I'm just Albert Pujols is 41 years old and still playing. He must want to play baseball. Well, it's because Albert Pujols is getting paid 30 million dollars a year to play. I think that they're doing it for money. Listen, the the, guy famously athletes have a hard time letting go of the game, right? Like it's it's very hard. It's psychologically and emotionally tricky to move on, and I don't think we'd be helping them. (laughs) <laughs> by saying like you can play for another 15 years in the senior league for for a $200 a game in front of like 600 fans i think like i don't think that's like a i think that's like a, a i think you need to break away from the game when the game tells you that it's over i think you need to go do something else with your life i disagree i think we need to normalize the fact that they still want to play the game yeah, but i, I- I, I recommend he, you listen to this amazing 30 for 30 podcast called Ricky won't quit. I don't know if you've heard it. Yes. It's about Ricky yeah. Henderson's. Yeah. When he was 46 years old and he played an independent ball and it's just like, everybody treated him like he was crazy because he wasn't honoring his legacy. But to me, he's the most sane guy in the entire thing because they ask him, why are you still doing this? And he goes, because I like to play baseball. It's like, yeah, that's why you played in the first. It's be- I think that's beautiful. Well, I, I do. I do too, but I would say Ricky Henderson is not like most people. I, Ricky Henderson will tell you Ricky Henderson is not like most people. Um, <laughs> but also, I I think that there's a fundamental difference in players wanting to play baseball and players wanting to play baseball that is not Major League Baseball. Like, all of these guys have the option of going to play independent ball if that's what they want to do. I mean, those... There are plenty of teams out there that would take Alex Gordon tomorrow. He could go play in in Newark. That's a good point. You make a good point there. I think those guys <laughs> miss. They want to play major league baseball with with all the pressure and the and the, the intensity and and the and the focus and and all of those things. The actual game, I don't think those guys. You know, I I remember Tom Watson once telling me that the least exciting thing he could ever imagine doing is playing golf for fun. Like just going out like with four guys, like, yeah, let's go out and play. Like he's like, he's like, there's nothing interesting to him about that. What's interesting to him, what he missed was being competitive and, you know, down the stretch with Nicholas and whatever. But I think that's what those guys miss. I don't think Albert pools will miss being out there in a uniform and playing baseball. You might be right. You, you know, I could be swayed on this. Now, the thing is, though, the league I play in, like for years, there were a lot of former Royals who played. Well, sure. Well, sure. Um, like I said, those guys, some of those guys invite Alex there. Gordon to play with you, man. I, oh, I've, thought with you. I've thought about it. I've thought about it. I've thought I'm I should reach out right after I get off this. All oh. right. So <laughs> we're we're going to go back to talking about Field of Dreams. So what was your what? Give us your favorite uh, your your favorite thing or two from from the game. Well, what really moved you or or got your heartstrings pulled on your heartstrings? There? I'm I'm predictable. It was the guys walking out of the corn. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was like I was like, oh, that surprised me how much that got me. Uh, also, got to hand it to Costner for really committing. Committing. Oh, my it's gosh. Word. Yes. <laughs> it was like a seven minute long. Oh, he, yeah. he was clear that, look, Costner is an actor and it was clear that he had said to someone, 
like direct me? Like, what's my motivation here? And it was <laughs> right. like, and it, he had a whole backstory in his head. It was like, you've returned to the field. You know, Ray Kinsella is back. He doesn't exactly know why. I mean, it was <laughs> ponderously long that he walked out. He moved sort of toward first base. He stopped. He looked around. He looked confused. Like, why, why am I back here in this setting? Then he drifted back towards center and he stopped and he paused and he looked around and then he turned around and then the guys walked out of the corn. It was like he had a whole narrative in his oh, head. Oh, there, there. Like, there is. There's no doubt in my mind that 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 Costner in his mind, as he as he in, as motivation, he was dead. That was it. Was yes, Rachel had died. Yep. And he found himself back out on the field. Just what? What am I doing here? What's going on? And, and why have I been brought back? What, what is what's happening? And then it was like, oh, I'm here to usher in the game like that. It was a, he had a whole story. It was kind of great. Like, I like loved he, he could have walked out and just like waved to the crowd and like and like waved and, and people had gone crazy. Then he could have turned around and made a grand gesture to the corn and they could have walked out like he could have done it that way in a sort of presentational way. But instead, he acted it like oh, he, he acted. It was it was a performance. And I was like, you know what? I got to give it up to that guy. That's like a good, that's it was, cool. It was very cool. And also um, that he like uh, didn't, he, he didn't let when the players came up and started shaking his hand, he, he really didn't let that break character. Weird for them. Up to me. Yeah. They're, they're coming up and like, Hey, it's my big fan. It's what, you know, and he's just like, it's, you know, acting like, befuddled by them being there and like, <laughs> Uh, Who are these players? Where did they come from? What are they doing? Here? Yeah, I also appreciated, um, you know, I'm no lover of the White Sox as a fan of an AL Central team, but uh, I, I did appreciate that he introed the teams as the first place White Sox. And he was like, and the mighty Yankees. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, just like this team's in first place and this team is the Yankees. Yes, um, that's exactly right. <laughs> I thought that was pretty It great was too. joyful. All right, yeah. Jason, another sterling Kansas City check and I have to say. Hey, uh, thank you for uh, for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, you know, I want to make this thing. So, Mike, I'm going to update you on my current stats. I'm slashing 386, 455, 545 with an even 1.000 OPS. And, that's, and, o, and OBP heavy OPS, that's what you want, man. You that's know right. what I mean? You're, exactly not, you're right. not making outs. That's great. Exactly right. I, that's that's going to really help your uh, your WOBA. I appreciated a, a couple of weeks ago when y'all went ahead and acknowledged that with a with a metal bat, I probably put a couple out. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I laughed so hard when I was listening to it, and when when Joe goes, "Candor's going to be furious," <laughs> and I just I cracked up because I was like, "Yeah, I am furious." Anyway, uh, thanks y'all. Right. Have fun. Thank you for your Kansas City update. All right, later. <laughs> bye bye. All right, All right. so. So back to the Field of Dreams game. So I have, I have, uh, I have things I liked and things that were annoying to me. Let's hear it. I want to hear the okay. things you liked first. Things I liked. I'm with Jason. I love the corn. It, it, uh, the way that you, as a spectator, got to the stadium was you went onto the original field for the right. movie, and you took pictures and you walked around, and there were dads and sons playing catch, which was pretty neat. That's cool. And then the way you got to the field was you walked through the corn, and I, that so was awesome. a that was a really great. Uh, design for the for the event like it was 
really neat to do that because that's what you wanted to do as soon as you got there and you saw the corn you're like i gotta walk through that corn and <laughs> see if i disappear i guess um so that was really cool the fan experience was really cool like the the you know it was an incredibly intimate stadium it was very um very, it was felt very moving to be there it felt very yes. as a fan of the movie as a fan of baseball blah 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 there's a couple i have two pet peeves here they are number okay. one they put up a fence <laughs> right. They should not have put up a fence like and, and I get it. It's player safety. You can't have uh, Aaron Judge, 285 pound Aaron Judge <laughs> running at full tilt back toward the toward the corn and, and just like getting his eye poked out by a, right. by a corn stalk. Like I I totally get it. And they and they did it right because it was a mesh fence. So you could see the corn through the fence, which meant that it felt like there was no fence there. But really what you wanted was a line painted either on the ground at the edge of the corn where it's just like, hey, if the ball goes over the line and lands on the corn, it's a home run. But you can, it's a, basically a zero foot fence is what you wanted, right? Yep. Yep. Or or a line on top of the first row of corn that, <laughs> that meant if the ball went over. So if it hit in the middle of the first corn stalk, it was a ground rule double or right. whatever. Right, right. Uh, um, so I, I understand, I understood why, but I, like, I was like, boo, there shouldn't be a fence there. Boo, no fence. <clears throat> the other thing, and this is completely, t- uh, a complete side note to the entire event. They did a military flyover. Yes, they did. At the end of the national anthem, the four like A-10 warthogs or whatever <laughs> buzzed, buzzed the stadium. And I, I was just like, damn it. If there's one mood that should not be shattered by the thunderous roar of four Air Force jets. It's yeah. this mood, like it's pastoral and romantic and sweeping and emotional. Why are we doing this is insane. Like that is a truly crazy decision that baseball made to say like, we have this beautiful, idyllic rural setting and we're just going to do the same stupid <laughs> military crap that we always do when there's big games and have four like weapons of war <laughs> flying in tight formation right over the stadium. What are they doing? What is that? Why do that in this game? It doesn't make any sense at all. Well, there were two problems that I had with it uh, beyond that. One, the stadium wasn't that well built. So when the four planes flew right. overhead, our bleachers started shaking, like significantly shaking, like they could collapse kind of shaking, which was a little bit scary, to be perfectly honest. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't like you were in some sort of like, you know, you were in a stadium like, oh, this it's stadium has seen it before. This stadium has not seen that no. before. So so there was no way that you knew that that was going to hold up. Secondly, beyond the pastoral nature of it, isn't the movie Field of Dreams sort of the exact opposite of the military thing, right? Yes, like it's the it whole is. Peace, love dope thing. Like that's the whole movie. Yes, a hundred percent. Both in its both in its themes and also its tone, right? It's like this isn't a movie that celebrates quiet, romantic right. emotions about about fatherhood and about family and about baseball and about magic and everything else. It is like. It is the opposite of a military yeah, flyover right. in every way, shape, and form. Absolutely. And, and, and Annie would have a, been out there protesting if they actually have yeah. thrown a military <laughs> thing over like the ghosts. I mean, come on. It was just a classic example to me of, of MLB, like no one raising their hand and going like, hey, what if we don't do the military flyover? Like <laughs> right. no one just- Is like, anybody going like, to miss it? 
yes, in the Super Bowl, it makes sense. It's bombastic and jingoistic, and there's an American flag the exact size of the field that gets right. unfurled and everything else. And and so I like, okay, fine. Rah, rah, America, mom, apple pie. Like in like I get I get where the instinct came from, but how did no one raise his or her hand and say the concept of the military flyover? is the diametrical opposite of the of what we're going for here. The absolute other end of the spectrum of what we are trying to do. And after Kevin Costner comes out and for seven minutes wanders around the field in full, full on <laughs> character and magical ballplayer ghosts come out of the field yeah. and he talks about whether this is heaven or Iowa. And then it's like, <laughs> like, it's just, it was it, I I actually burst out laughing when I saw because the the planes showed up on the on the jumbotron right. on the screen and I was like you've got to be kidding me no 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 and then I saw them in the distance and was like I burst out laughing I yeah. and I I I think that it's one of the only truly bad decisions that they made in the entire presentation of the event. Which is interesting because I thought this is something MLB has not shown itself to be all that good at. And I thought other than that, they just did not hit any false notes. No. You know, I mean, it was really. They had the right idea the whole way through. They were like, we know what this is. We know how to do this. We here's here's what we're going to do. And it was great. And everyone was on board. Like we were all on board with the majesty and the romance and the sweeping orchestral score and everything else. (laughs) And then they just absolutely for for 30 seconds, they totally blew it. It was just it was. And again, who would have missed it if they had? If, if, do you think anybody would want to wait? I cannot believe they. Did Where was my A ten warthog <laughs> military was... flyover? Would have been something no one said. Afterwards. No one like would have ever said. <laughs> All right. Oh my god. But okay. So let's wrap it up. How great was it? I think it was for for ninety nine point eight percent of it. I thought it was great. I mean, forgetting the game for a second, because yeah, the game itself, they they really lucked into a couple things. The weather yeah. was perfect. They, perfect. you know, there were there could have been rolling thunderstorms in Dyersville, Iowa, and they got they got really lucky there. Uh, they they really nailed the the mood and the tone. They got really lucky with the game, which had oh. eight home runs in it. Yes. Like eight home runs <laughs> into the corn. That's what what you want there was a there was an absolutely a chance that that was a three to one sure sort of like meandering slightly boring game they got eight home runs they really picked they picked the teams really well because yeah. they picked even though lance lynn was starting um they picked two teams that have a pen have a a, a pension for hitting balls uh sure. 400 feet so the the game was great it was a walk-off win by podcast legend our maybe our favorite player in the league tim yes. anderson tim anderson that was fantastic. The, the, and the Yankee, the double home run Yankee comeback in the top of the ninth was really exciting. Yep. And then Anderson wins it on a walk-off. Like they couldn't have, they, no pun intended, they could not have scripted it any better. They really right. couldn't for a game where they were trying to capture the imagination of new people who haven't watched baseball in a long time. It couldn't have been better. Like a, absolutely a, uh, a, a very, very lucky act game that they got out of the uh, of the scheduling of those two teams. So uh, there was nothing I didn't like about it. I really I really thought it was like as good as that event could have been. That's how I felt, too. I just felt like there was there was nothing. I just didn't think other than the military thing, they just didn't. They hit every right note on the thing. And and it was 
It was sweet, but it was, it was, even if you didn't like the movie and thought it was stupid, which is a few of my friends were like, this mm-hmm. is stupid. You guys are celebrating a fictional thing for a dumb movie. Like this was, you know, what a lot. But even if that was your case, it was baseball in a small town in Iowa, in a cornfield, mm-hmm. wearing old fashioned uniforms. What is not to like about that? You know? Yep. yep. I know. And, uh, and I, I have a, I have a thread with some friends that, that, and the title of the thread is anything but baseball because <laughs> they dunk on me like crazy. They're NBA fans and NFL fans. And they, and they dunk on me like crazy for liking baseball as much as I like baseball. Right. And even they were like, kind of interested. <laughs> well, yeah. they, they, one of them made a joke about me probably being at the game. And then I started sending them pictures and they were like, you've got to be kidding me. But it was like the longest we've talked about baseball on the anything but baseball thread since the thread started. And like, and, and I, that like, that's what they were after. That's what MLB was after, right? Let's have people in the dead of August who don't ordinarily talk about baseball. Let's have them talk about baseball for a day. Right. And and then, and, and jumpstart something. And, and they have this zone now where like, there's no like the even the Premier League hadn't started yet. There was no sports like yes. there is preseason football, which you've got to be kidding me if you care about preseason <laughs> football. The NBA is in the summer league, which right? is like mildly interesting if for diehard NBA fans. But August, there's nothing going on in August. Like yeah. baseball had a really good idea, which was like, hey, we have this opportunity in the same way that college basketball has March. We yep. have August. Like, let's figure out what to do in August. Uh, and 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 get people talking about baseball for a second, and it totally worked. It totally worked, and I hope they play it up big. All right, let's finish it off with the five questions. Uh, we'll start off with this guy, Alan uh, Seppenwall. Oh, mm. okay. What is the status of my appeal with Goodell? Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Alan Seppenwall, a part sometime guest on the podcast, was banned for life. For life. Uh, for a number of infractions. Yes. Um, starting with when we did our holiday draft one year, uh, we picked holiday movies and he chose Groundhog Day, which immediately brought down a year long ban, which was then extended into a into a full season ban uh, and uh, or sorry, a, a lifetime ban. Lifetime. And he has he's appealed. He's appealed the ban a number of times to podcast commissioner Roger Goodell, who has denied his appeal every time he's appealed. He's appealed right. like seven or eight times at this point, And Goodell keeps saying, no, sorry. Lifetime ban. So the la- the final appeal just came through, and he made a number of excellent points, and uh, about his contributions, as many contributions to the podcast over the sure. years, and about sure. his he he is a listener of the show, and he's yes. been a he's been a good soldier, and he's been a, a loyal listener, and Goodell listened to all of those uh, appeals, and he did a lot of soul searching, and he said, you know what, Alan, I think I was wrong. Um, you don't have a lifetime ban anymore. You have 99 consecutive lifetime bans. It's like when a, like a serial killer whose crimes are so uh, horrific that a, like a judge says one lifetime sentence is not enough. I'm going to sentence you to 99 consecutive life right. sentences. Right. That's that's the new the new uh, decision that's been made by the commissioners. 99 consecutive lifetime bans. There you go. Well, there it is. Stuart Joyce actually responded to uh, Steppenwall. By saying, uh, going to guess that every morning at the exact same time, Goodell reviews and denies your appeal, all while listening to the same Sonny and Cher song. <laughs> I think it's, that's, there it is. There that's, it is. That's right. 
Yes, I got you, babe, comes on Goodell's alarm at 6 a.m. every morning. He wakes up and pronounces that Steppenwolf's banned for life. I love this. I love it. All right, second uh, question. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna merge two questions uh, because they're they're both things that we want to discuss. One is asking us to discuss the uh, Trey Turner slide for 30 minutes, which we don't have 30 minutes, but we will discuss it. And the second one is. how does Joey Votto still bang so hard at age 37? <laughs> Two of our favorite things in the Two great questions. World. Two great questions. The Trey Turner slide, if you haven't seen it, just, just type Trey Turner slide into Google and it will give you and, the video. And and stop stop listening to this. Just watch that for yes. the rest of the afternoon. Literally. Yeah. Um, I saw Tim Kirchin on, on Baseball Tonight, I think, uh, and he said the best thing about it that I've heard, which is you can't slide that perfectly on a slip and slide. <laughs> like, <laughs> which true. is an absolutely true statement. Um, it is, it's one of the most, uh, satisfying, I guess is the word there's, there's a great Reddit thread called oddly satisfying. I think it's called oddly satisfying, which is just videos of things that are like, that are just oddly satisfying that you just, you watch it and you're just like, wow, that's really satisfying. And the Trey Turner slide should be a a permanent (laughs) pinned, uh, video on that thread. Cause it is just, I can, I've just watched it it's it's the equivalent of listening to like a meditation app when you're yes. trying to go to sleep or something yes. it's just the most soothing thing like i it's it's the most it, i don't understand i don't understand it do you understand it like no. it looks like no. for a second for one second trey turner was was an omnipotent god <laughs> and he decided that with his omnipotent power he was going to remove from the physical tactile universe the concept of friction like that <laughs> That when he slid his his body and pants and the dirt right. were going to have a coefficient of friction of 0.00. That's right. And he just he just glides like he's on ice. Yes. And then pops up in a perfect way. And I don't understand it. I no. do not understand it at all. Do you? No. And and my question is, what in the world did that feel like? Like, like right. do that. Because to me, like. Like one of the greatest feelings, you have had this feeling, uh, hopefully most people who have listened have had this feeling, is when you are playing baseball and you are at the plate and you connect with the ball so well that you don't feel it, right? right. Like you don't, that to me is like his whole body. Like he got up and he was like, what did I just do? Like, I don't even think like any of it like even registered with him because it was so utterly perfect. It was it was ridiculous. I, I, I tweeted and I still want to know the answer to this like what must it feel like to be that athletic oh my gosh like it, it's to me it it was it's in a category of that Giannis video where he is on a breakaway right. and he crosses half court and dribbles once before dunking <laughs> like what does that feel like like yeah. he runs 40 whatever it is 42 feet or so yeah. dribbling once and then dunking and then dunking and and that like that just the power that you feel in your body or the, the sort of like the physical ability that you feel in those moments must be so mind blowing. You must well, be like, even, even if you're Trey Turner or you're Giannis, you must be like, man, that was, that was, cool. <laughs> that was pretty good. Was pretty good. <laughs> but the greatest thing about the whole thing with Trey Turner is that he scored from second on a single mm-hmm. and there was no play at the plate, even though that ball 99% of the players, either don't score or there is like a tag at the plate, but he just slid by like, you know, the, the catcher was just 
got to, he had the best view of the slide and no chance to tag him because he's so ridiculously fast. Uh, it's, 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 it's incredible. Just yeah. beyond belief. But, and Votto, now Votto, we have Votto to deal with. So Vot, Votto homered in six straight games and, and came within an, uh, like two feet of homering in a seventh straight, which That's I think right. would have been a record, right? Well, I think he, didn't he homer in seven and he, and he came close to homering in eight? Or was I, it? I can't, I can't remember now. I think it was six straight and then it, seventh was the ball caught at the wall. But, but um, I mean, you know, look, Tim Anderson, probably podcast number one favorite player. Votto's Votto's a, a strong right number two. Yeah. He's right there. He's our yeah. he's our Hall of Fame guy. It was seven. It was seven straight games that he homered. Wow. And he My came goodness. that close to homering in an eighth. And then he's he's had another two homer games since then. I mean, the guy is at age 37 and he's he, you know, he's slugging 580, he's hitting 282. Uh, it, it, he's incredible. He's just incredible. He's just great. He's just great. He's so good. It's like a little bit sad that he plays in Cincinnati and nobody cares. Yeah. You know, that like, you know, Trey Turner, Trey Turner won a World Series and then moved to one of the, you know, three or four premier franchises in baseball and and is going to be famous within the game for a very long time. Votto is never going to approach that level of fame because he plays in a city that just doesn't get that kind of national recognition. But the Reds in general this year, um, they're winning again right now. As I, yes. as we say this, they're beating a, a Philadelphia three to one in the fourth. They've been a really pleasant surprise this they've year. Been they've, they've been fun. They've, yeah, they've, they've been, been fun. Yeah, they've been close enough. Yeah, uh, they, to the Brewers, they're, right? They're like always like five, six. Now I think they're eight back. I mean, they're, they're always a, enough back that it hasn't ever felt like they were really fully in the race. But they've been. They've played well this year. They're they're two and a half out of the wild card. Like there's a small chance that they that if, that if San Diego continues to kind of fall apart a little bit, yeah, um, or 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 something happens that they could sneak in there. And but I don't think so. They're only 22 runs above. Uh, uh, they only have a 22 run run differential. So you know it's not like they're setting the world on fire. But they've been fun and they they've been definitely better than I think we a lot of people thought they would be. And he's. The reason, reason why at this point. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Our good friend Al Clemens wants to know what you think of the name Lars Newt Bar. Is it Fantastic. a chocolate bar, a leverage tool, or a drinking establishment? It is a great name. I don't know if it's any of those. Lars Newt Bar is more like um it's like a um Lars Newbar was like one of the bad guys who was involved in the diehard heist. I was going to say one of the diehard bad guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was a it's minor. What, what he was a minor. He was like, he's one that got that he killed first. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we he will was, avenge he Lars Newbar. He might have actually been like the, the like international like banker who was, who was the behind the heist. You know what I mean? Like he was like a, he's like a, a Finnish terrorist banker who was who was like who financed uh hans's team or something like it's that that like lars newt bar is great but lars suggests like a, a some some kind of like international man of mystery to me you know yeah, I, I i like the lars uh part of it it's a great name though i mean it, it is instantly is it best name in baseball right now it's up there um yeah, there's there was another one recently that someone sent me that I now can't remember that was like, oh man, there's some good names in baseball right now. There's some good like weirdo names. 
we should do it. We should at some point we should do a draft of best current baseball names. Yeah, we should. We we really we did. But we should do that. We're not gonna do it for next week, but we should do it. Yeah. Like almost like soon. All right. Uh, all right. I'll leave this. We'll do this last one here. There were a few uh, specific direct questions to you. One of the questions was uh, whether it Kevin or or um, or uh, the uh, the other one who who actually named Cheddar in uh, Brooklyn oh. Nine Nine. Kevin or Captain Holt? Kevin Captain Holt actually named Cheddar in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Who do you think? You know, I'm not sure. That would be a question for Dan Gore, who's been running that show since since sure. the beginning. But I, I don't know if that if there's canon on that. I'm not sure if there's a <laughs> if there is an actual um, if there's an actual answer to that question. That's a really good question. It's a great I'll tell you question. What, I will find out the answer and I will report back to you. Uh, <laughs> not next week, but sometime the week after. All right, here's the final one. This is directly for you. Which character from The Good Place best represents the Mets? And then in parentheses, we know that Sean is the Yankees slash John Sterling. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Sean question. is the Yankees. Yeah, Head Demon is the Yankees. <laughs> Who best represents the Mets? Well, what what would that mean? It, it would mean that the Met the Mets are like they sort of are they can't get out of their own way, right? Right. They they're sort of. They're, they're every time you they're a one step forward, two steps back kind of an organization. Yes. Right. Where where as soon as they whenever they do something right, it's only a matter of time until they do two things wrong. <laughs> Correct. So plus they're unlucky. They are a little unlucky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my temptation is to say Jason Mendoza because yeah. he is, um, you know, there are certainly moments where he does things that are that are uh, that are sort of good or smart, but then it's always undone by his own <laughs> incompetence, right? Like his right. own bumblingness and, and and stupidity. It, that's probably the end. It's probably Jason. Like he, it's I mean, the he's closest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's from Jacksonville, and so my temptation would be to say that he's more like the the Marlins or something. <laughs> where, <laughs> well, where it's, but it's the Jaguars are so perfect for what he is because, yeah. like, there's something about like the Mets have at least a little bit of evil in them. And I don't think he has any evil in him. Good point. Yeah. The Steve Cohen yeah. is Steve Cohen ba- does add uh, the element of like ban for life for malfeasance <laughs> from the, uh, by the sec. Yeah, that's true. Jason is really not evil at all. He's, no, very, he's completely very... the opposite of evil. That, that part is, uh, although he does evil, has done evil things. So it's, yeah, it's tough. all right. The other possible answer would be Derek because <laughs> Derek was invented is like a weird offshoot. Like if Janet is the, uh, in this scenario, Janet would be the Yankees because right. she's like a, the universe has made her into this like perfect being. That's, <laughs> that's like, that can't be defeated. Uh, and then there's like an offshoot of the Yankees, oh, which like is this. the Mets that are like, it's, they're not, they're not like, they're not natural. Like they shouldn't be there, you know, like <laughs> they're sort of a, they're a, they're a, a malformed kind of like weird cousin of something that's much more famous and older and more perfect. <laughs> and they're just a kind of agent of chaos in the universe. Like maybe, maybe it's Derek. I'm going to say Derek. I like the yeah. Derek answer better. Yes. All right. Let's go. I with like Derek. It. I like it. All right. Time for one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. It's one last meaningless Sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible places to go. 
No hot fruit for Michael, no Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast woe. It's one last woe. Um, I'm going to start. I've actually, my, my, my meaningless thing this, this week is not, it's not exactly meaningless. I'm, I'm sorry to say, but it's a little piece of advice. Um, in, on the way to the um, uh, field of dreams, I actually had to go through Washington uh, and come back through Washington, DC. And we were on the plane uh, going into Washington, DC. And there was a businessman sitting next to my wife. And he said um, to her, uh, we're really taking a chance here because you should never, ever, ever fly into Washington in the afternoon in August because of the weather. You should never, ever fly into Washington in the afternoon in August. And hmm. we're like, oh, okay, well, I'd never heard that before. And sure enough, our flight was delayed nine hours uh, because of weather. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> the flight was delayed nine hours because of weather. So we're like, okay, well, that's that's pretty good to know. On the way back, we were also scheduled to fly out of Washington in the afternoon at 5.30. And uh, we we got to the airport super early and uh, said, hey, we'd like to, you know, stand by for an earlier flight. And they were like, yeah, okay. And we ended up getting on the 130 flight and getting out of Washington and getting home and it was great. And then the 5.30 flight that we were originally on was delayed nine hours and canceled. So, <laughs> so I I don't know if this will affect you, but if you are somebody who this affects, I'm giving you this is my this is my meaningful advice. Don't fly in or out of Washington in the afternoon in August. There it's like a it's like um it's a life hack. It's like the Princess Bride when he says the most famous is never get involved in a land war <laughs> or in Asia. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Only it's like slightly less good, only slight, yeah, exactly. Uh, don't fly in or out of Washington in, in the afternoon in August. I like That's it. Right. Perfect. Um, my meaningless thing is that I, I have a favorite T-shirt. Uh, it's actually a Parks and Recreation T-shirt. It's a gray T-shirt with sort of a blue, I don't know what you call it, not piping, but the blue, a blue collar and the blue ridge, dark blue ridge around the end of each um, sleeve. And it's been my favorite T-shirt for my whole life, and I wore it uh, recently. And as I was taking it off, I noticed that around the um, around the neckline and uh, and in a couple other places, it has finally like striated, oh, no. and is and is and is it's basically dead. Like it's I dead. I basically shouldn't wear it anymore. As an adult on Earth <laughs> who can afford to buy a new T-shirt, I shouldn't yeah. be wearing this one anymore. It's just too far gone. Right, and it's it's not quite um, at the level of you know, like you're a pet dying right. or something emotionally, but it's not far from it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like I had a, a, a real palpable sadness that that shirt is now gone. Like your favorite, when your favorite t-shirt kicks the bucket, it's, it's deeply sad. It, is. it really is. Like, I really feel like a loss in that. And, and it's like, it's, I can't get a new one. Like they, they don't, they're not making new parks and rec t-shirts <laughs> anymore to the best of my knowledge. I mean, you can, obviously you can go on like Etsy or something. Sure. And, sure. But, but like, this is the one I wore. This is like a thing that I think we gave away as a crew gift at the end of like season two or three. I mean, it's, it's old. It's probably 12 years old. And, uh, and it just really bums me out. And yeah. like, I, 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 and the other thing is I don't want a new one. You know, I want right, that one. Right. I want it. And, 
and it's not like a leather jacket or something that you can repair. It's right. a t-shirt. It's a, it's a $12 t-shirt that doesn't, that just doesn't function anymore as a yes. legitimate article of clothing. And it's a real bummer and I'm sad about it. And I would appreciate if everyone just gave me some space. No, I agree. I agree. I, I'm, I'm sad for you. I feel, I feel the deep sadness uh, about this. Why is it by the way, that t-shirts, certain t-shirts that are exactly the same size, some wear great, some wear terribly. I don't know. It makes it's no a, sense. It's a it mystery. Really it's like yeah. there's some there's some little tiny subtle thing about the length of the stitching or the or the the fit or the width or the shoulders or something. Yeah, but something. like when you find one that oh. is great, it yes. is it's a it feels like a like a minor miracle. I you know? I had a t-shirt. I'm not going to say what it is, but I had a t-shirt that at some point like it had it had some writing on it that I thought was cool when I bought it. At some point, the writing on it no longer made sense. It was like it was stupid and it was not cool anymore. But the T-shirt was so comfortable. It was such a perfect T-shirt that I wore it anyway. And and even though that at no point did anybody even understand what it was anymore. So, yeah, so it goes. So it goes. All right. Well, another successful podcast. We get through another one. <laughs> that's it you have nothing to say to that no no i i agree this is another successful podcast <laughs> and we, and we made it as always mike thank you thanks for having me